Welcome to the Thoughtful Gamer Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt, here with a special edition of Magic the Gathering related limited fun. I have a very special guest with me today, Mark. So glad to be here. Thanks for setting up all the details, like OBS and all that stuff. I don't know how any of that works. OBS is actually a decent program. It's Skype that's the issue. And Ah. uh, sometimes voice meter. And always YouTube. YouTube's the worst. I might well, hate YouTube more than like, Skype. Really? Yeah. Skype's YouTube's like real bad. The worst program that I use regularly. I hate Skype. I mean, YouTube on the front end is, you know, everyone knows it works fine. It does what it's supposed to do. On the back end, they've been trying to migrate to this like new thing, and it's it's awful. It's really annoying. Anyways, so. Today we're talking about the new Magic the Gathering set, Ikoria. Ikoria? I'm not sure. Ikoria? Ikoria. Um, I would pronounce it. It's like it's a Japanese word? Yeah, yeah. I've heard the the I more, the Ikoria, but I don't know. Yeah, so, the, so the, this is fun. This is the second time we've done this. Um, a new Magic format comes out. It means we have a whole new draft environment. Draft is something we love in all games. Uh, but uh, really, Magic is is the poster child of draft. Yeah, so we're just, Mark and I both have, have just seen all of the cards of the new set. They're like 250-ish cards. And so we're just trying to wrap our minds around this new format, exciting new mechanics, exciting new cards. Um, so uh, I think our goal here is just to kind of uh, put that process on display and hopefully talk about some interesting magic things as well as just kind of design things along the way. I mean, speak for yourself. I, <laughs> you may have just seen the cards. I was up late last night digging through, doing my homework uh, to like 4.30. <laughs> I've been through all the cards once. Well, yeah, same here. I mean, what do you expect from us? <laughs> Late last night, I was meaning to be looking at magic cards, but instead I was uh, reprogramming the crew from the ground up because I had gotten angry with myself and decided I had to redesign it from the beginning. That's been my little project the last week. Is um, I love how easy <laughs> it was to get you to do this. <laughs> yeah, a couple. Well, Lindsay was like, "We, I wish we could play the crew." And I was like, I could try that. No, Lindsay was like, I wish we could play the crew online. And you're like, oh, yeah, that'd be fun. And I just wrote, get programming. Oh, and then, yeah. like, the next day you were like, okay, I'm 70% of the way there. <laughs> Which was a lie, but I was probably 20% of the way. <laughs> well, you said you got 90% of the way, but the the 90% ruined the first 70%? Yeah, that's accurate. That's accurate. I mean, which is how I imagine programming goes, so. Yeah. So then I went back to almost the beginning, and I'm doing it the right way now. And it's going way faster, so. Oh, good. Yeah. You going to pitch this to Cosmos? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just super excited that it's work, working for, for me. And anyway, it's a fun project. And yeah. yeah, in these social distancing times, it's I've enjoyed helping people find online board game solutions and if this works i'll share it with a small number of people but not too many because then i'll exceed my free limits on heroku fair all right magic what do we got all right 
Um, yeah, so you want to start just by talking through the new mechanics of the set or the featured mechanics of the set? Yeah, so they're exciting. I really like them. This is nuts. Like, the mechanics in, in this set are the craziest of any set I've been involved with, I think. think. Yeah, I really do. I have no... Or at least, like, I, I have no idea how they're going to play out. I don't know how crazy they are. W- what are some of the craziest mechanics you've been involved with or, since you've been involved with I Magic? I don't know. What are, I don't... I, it all blends together. Like, the... Uh, <laughs> The one out of from two sets ago, where you have they could be an instant or a creature. The, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, the adventures were pretty crazy. Adventures, that's what they're called. What was the stuff? There was one interesting one last set, right? Uh, escape. Yeah. Oh, escape. Yeah, that yeah. changed things up. I mean, escape was such a great mechanic because it it used your graveyard as a resource. So just the game management had so many more factors to consider. Yeah. Because cards in your graveyard were, you know, had had some value. I don't know. It always seems to be that there's one mechanism that is kind of big or new and big. Well, maybe new, but it's significant to limited and it kind of defines the set. There's one really big mechanic, I'd say, in this set. But I think there are three that are going to have a huge impact on limited. Honestly, though, War of the Spark is probably the biggest, the wildest one. Just with all the planeswalkers. Which That's true. That but, probably yeah. changed the game yeah. more than any of the other mechanisms we've seen. And that, that that was complexity just from the cards themselves. That too, yeah. But anyway, let's get into this. So the first mechanic that we want to talk about actually won't factor into limited that much. But it yeah, will. Yeah, I didn't look through them particularly well. But most it, of them I saw would probably not be very feasible for limited. Yeah, so this is called Companion, and basically a card that has Companion, you can cast from outside of the game, but your deck has to meet some kind of initial construction restriction, which I think is a super interesting idea. I I think it's going to warp constructed formats. Have they done cards that require your deck to be a particular construction before? I believe there are some individual cards that, okay. that do say that. Because um, I remember at PAX, I played with one that that had that, um, but it was one of the prototype cards from the Chaos set. So I wasn't sure if that was a thing that existed in actual cards before. It's funny, two sets after the playtest cards came out, there have been like four crazy cards that are somehow implemented in real sets now. Yeah, no, it's really cool to see. It's almost like a little preview of what could be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so these restrictions, some of them seem to have low impact. Some of them are just absolutely bonkers. I picked out a few that I thought were the most likely to be doable, Mark. (laughs) I I only barely glanced through them, so I'm looking again now. I mean, Lutri seems pretty good, actually, in Limited. Because you're not going to have a lot of multiples anyways. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the the easiest one. You just have to n- not have multiples of a single card. There's like the even and odds, which could be interesting. I think the the even one is just a better card. So maybe you try to, if you, if you first pick that, you try to do it. 
that's the um the Demir one. I think that's going to be really hard. I think if you first picked it, you could make it happen. I'm trying to think when you draft, you're using about two thirds of the cards you draft. Is that about right? Yeah, around you there. draft. You you get to draft 36 cards, and you're typically going to use 23. 20, 23 to like 26 depending on like if you're getting lands and stuff. And there there are lands to draft in this set. Yeah. So I think in terms of the even odds, that one's just a better card. So it's it's a four Demir Demir cost for a 6-6. Six, six. When it enters the battlefield, each player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard, put a creature card with an even mana cost from among those cards onto the battlefield under your control. So it's guaranteed that the cards from your uh, battle, from your library rather, will be even. But you can also snipe something from the from your opponent, so that's just a really good card. You're paying six for a six six plus something else that could cost even more. But the penalty is that you can only have even CMC cards in your library, which I don't think is as bad as the odds. I'd rather not have three drops than not have two drops. Yeah, I agree. And I'd rather have fours than fives. Yeah, it's um, just gonna be. It's going to be really interesting. Um, and I don't care about one drops. Like, you can easily avoid one drops. The the crazy thing from a draft perspective is that if someone first picks this, it's just going to warp the draft going forward. Oh, yeah, it's going to it's going to change some signals. Yeah, you're going to be like, I have all the, you know, these great blue cards are being passed to me. And you don't notice that it's just only <laughs> three and five cost blue cards. Yeah. I think the Simic one is actually pretty viable here it cuts out you can't have two or one cost cards in your deck yeah but simic has a lot of ramp support anyways i think that's really greedy like it's just gonna be if there's any aggro decks in the format that's gonna be really hard i don't know i mean you get we'll get to this later but i think there are aggro decks i think i think there could be a pretty quick deck out there but I think that quick, like no draft deck is that quick. Plus you get tons of card support. How much does that one cost? I can't see it. The, the three hybrid hybrid. Um, so it's five for a five, four and you get card draw. Yeah. Probably three cards, two cards, two cards, probably. Yeah. Honestly, it, well, there's another thing here. You can just put these in your deck. Then you don't care about the restriction. Oh, uh, really? I didn't y- know that. Yeah. So Normally, the companion sits... It's almost like a commander, except uh, you can't... It doesn't go back to the command zone. It Once you play it, it just becomes right. a card. Yeah. Um, so but you like, can not choose it as a companion. Right. So the Simic one, I probably just play in my deck. You know, how much is it worth to be guaranteed to have it on five? And that's really good, but also it'd be really good to have some two drops. I don't know. I think you could get away with it. I think Plus the it's red... a dinosaur hippo, which is fantastic. Oh my gosh. The cat types in this set are <laughs> exceptional. <laughs> I mean, we have a demon kraken that we were talking about before. <laughs> but really, are, aren't all krakens already demons? It seems redundant. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think the red-green one is pretty doable, but it's also... Not amazing. No, no cards in your starting deck have more than one of the same mana cost. Um, I think I don't I like think, it though. It's a five cost five five. 
and then you yeah, tap I, it for mana. Yeah. But with hybrid mana, like, that's a hard condition. Yeah. I, I just think that's, I mean, as a card, it's fairly mediocre. I think it's far more doable, but also, well, I mean, at a baseline. If you have a 5-5, five, five, you don't want to tap it. You want to attack a, with it. Well, it's a 5-mana 5-5, five, five, which is really good. It's fine. Gu- guaranteed. I mean, a guaranteed in your hand. Um, it, that's that's the real advantage of companion is that it's a guarantee. Yeah, that's that's top. big. Otherwise, you're just putting it in your deck. I don't think any of these other ones are gonna be really doable. Um, yeah. There's some of some of them are just like flat out impossible. Like you have to start with twenty. The blue white one, you have to start with an extra twenty cards in your deck. <laughs> that's yeah. That that just no. That's not gonna happen. The red-white one, every card in your deck has to have an activated ability. I don't think you could get there if you tried. I don't know. I think... I don't know. There's a lot of cycling in red and white. That's true. Cycling counts. Cycling is not a spell. It's an activated ability. Right. Then what do you get for it? You get a 3-cost 3-3, and activated abilities are super cheap. I mean, that is what red-white wants. Red-white... But I don't know if that's worth it. Yeah. I agree. I don't think the rest are particularly viable and limited. I think for Constructed, which we're not talking about because my mind is not ready for that, there could be some really fun stuff here. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to leave that up to the Constructed experts and then copy their decks from online. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about cycling. So this is is the returning mechanic. That's Uh, one I haven't played with yet. Not really. Yeah, I've never played with it, which... I think it's great. Honestly, I'm surprised it's not like a permanent mechanism. Yeah, me too. It feels like it should be, um, what's the word? Deciduous? Like they bring it back frequently? Wait, is that what they actually call it when they bring back cards frequently? Deciduous? Well, yeah, evergreen mechanics are in every set. Oh. Deciduous mechanics are mechanics that they can bring back whenever they want and it doesn't have to be a featured mechanic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Because here, from a game design perspective, cycling is really nice. So what it does is that it has an activated ability on each card. You pay a small cost, usually one or two. You can discard that card and then draw a card. And what it does is it makes conditional cards more viable and limited, which is awesome. It opens up more viable cards if they're conditional and it's like a condition so like think of like a, a destroy a flyer card right yeah typically you don't want to take that unlimited because it's too conditional and it's too often a dead card but if it's destroy a flyer and it has cycling which i don't think exists there is we do a plummet in this deck but i don't think there's any this is just a hypothetical card then if they're not running anything with flyers you just there's a small cost instead of it being a completely dead card. So it, it just it, it like pushes these cards that would otherwise not be viable specifically and limited into perhaps getting viability. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, it kind of takes cards that would normally be sideboard material that you'd only bring in when you know it's going to be useful and then just makes the main deckable. And so in Akoria, there are some interesting plays on cycling like some cards have an effect when you cycle them mm-hmm. and um, then there are other cards that have effects when you cycle anything yeah um just off the top well we'll we'll get to the cards when we get to them it's mostly in white i think um it's it's in all the colors i think Is it? okay i think white red care about it the most 
I remember that. Which is going to be interesting because that, that's usually the aggro deck. Um, so anyway. We'll get to that. Cycling's super cool. I wish it that's, was. I, I'm excited to play with it because I never actually really played with it. Yeah. It just, again, I think that's a mechanic that really ratchets up the complexity of decisions. Just the more interesting decisions, which is awesome. Yeah. Well, it also, other than conditional cards, it lets you cycle through late game cards if you draw them super early and need to better curve. Like, the, it's just so much utility. And it seems, again, from a game design perspective, it, it smooths out a lot of randomness <coughs> issues with magic. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're in agreement. This is just an awesome mechanic. Um, I don't think it's a flashy one. It's not something that someone who doesn't play magic reads and thinks, oh, this is awesome. But just as a game design tool of having something that smooths out the randomness like that really goes a, goes a, a long way in making a format good. I, yeah. um, from well, what I, mean, I that's understand. Perhaps, perhaps why cycling hasn't become more frequent is that it's a very gamey thing. Yeah. It's not, it's hard to make thematic it's a very kind of subtle gamey thing. So maybe they don't want that as often. All right. Let's talk about keyword counters. It'll be, this will be short to explain and then we'll get to the cards when we get to them. Um, this set introduces basically tokens that can go on your creatures to indicate that they have a certain keyword. Um, Which I'd never thought I'd see. I thought they were holding the line on different counter types. Yeah, so it's just super interesting. You can give a random creature a flying counter, and now it's flying. Thematically, this is so awesome in this monster world. Full you just mutations like genetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's almost like you're you can splice creatures. This is like splicing creatures together to get new abilities. So anyway, I think. There are going to be some really interesting decisions about what counters you want to put where. But let's move on to the probably well, the create. Before we move on, uh, I just want to point out that what it effectively does is it lets... I, I think magic is always fighting against the kind of weakness of enchantments in auras specifically. And what this does is it's kind of a mini aura that doesn't require a whole card to spend on another card. You can have it... Yeah. Well, right, you can have a creature that actually acts as a creature that gives a little mini enchantment to another creature, which allows those kind of small plays to be viable, yeah. whereas normally they're, they're not, even if it's like a one-cost aura. Typically, you don't want... Typically, those aren't great, because it's just a card that you're potentially setting up for a two-for-one if your opponent has removal. Some of the big late-game cards have a cycling cost, uh that says when you cycle this put a keyword counter on target creature that's so cool. i i think that's a phenomenal way to make big clunky late game cards limited viable <laughs> yeah for sure okay we ready to talk about mutate yes mutate i this is the the craziest mechanic i have no idea how it's going to play out in the format you want to take a shot at explaining this mark it's like a creature combined with an aura. So you can play these cards as creatures and then they're just straight up creatures or you can pay their mutate costs, which is typically for most of them less than the creature cost. 
you put it either on top or on the bottom of another non-human creature and whatever the top card is has its abilities and its strength and toughness power and toughness right right yes i know what i'm talking about and then the card underneath it just gets the abilities of that card and then you can just keep mutating yeah and then obviously there's stuff that triggers off of mutate or there's a lot of things that when this thing mutates so you can keep like triggering those effects and you just kind of make you just get the you get the power and toughness of whatever the biggest card is and you get the abilities of all the cards that are part of it or you yeah. can just play it as a creature so there's options again there's there's decisions there which which is really nice i have no idea how it's going to work did you notice that there's very little pure removal in this set that'll be interesting to to consider i noticed that there's a lot of removal what but in I think there's a lot of removal, but thinking about what you said, a lot of it is conditional or, or limited in some way. There's hardly any removal. There's like pacifism, capture sphere, and like one other. There's a bunch of counter spells. Um, I think there's more than that, but there's like a pseudo murder card. There's capture right, we... sphere. There's pacifism. There's plummet, but that's only flying. And, oh, and there's one white card that's like a big creature. Did you look at the okay, yeah. As far as straight removal, black has less. black has a destroy small thing. It has it has there's just a lot of conditional. Or uh, there are some creatures, there are a lot of creatures that work like removal. Okay. Maybe there's more than I'm remembering, but it seemed like, less than me. That seemed less to me than I remember. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's because of mutate, right? Because you don't want to, if you have too much removal, then no one will ever want to mutate. Yeah. So, for example, there's a card in black, Heartless Act. Heartless Act, one in a black, destroy target creature with no counters on it. Oh. Or remove up to three counters from a target creature. I completely missed that card. I thought it said with counters on it. Okay. <laughs> Which now that I think about it doesn't make sense, but it was four in the morning, so I can be yeah. forgiven. Well, we're talking about removal. There's some like these do like minus two. So this blitz leech, which is probably a bad card. We'll get to that one. Okay, we'll get to it. It's basically a removal spell. Yeah. There's I mean, but a lot of it's again conditional on being small, which Yeah. Yeah. Mutated creatures presumably won't be. Interestingly, Red has a lot. Red has, Red has a, a lot of fire effects. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, if you mutate your creature big enough, it doesn't care about that anymore. Uh, yeah, as, but as I much. mean, the, but if they're instants, right, you can snipe the creature you mute. Well, except that doesn't work as well, because if you mutate, if you're using a card for its mutate effect and the creature it was mutating onto dies, it just becomes a creature. Yeah. So it doesn't actually cancel the spell, which is nice. Yeah, just I think they're, they're giving it enough like little help to get people to mutate. And I think it'll be common and limited. Yeah, I do. Definitely. It's kind of a flavor fail, but it, it's going to make the gameplay work. Yeah. All right. Let's what are we going on now? White? Let's uh, let's dig into the colors. All right. Let's take a look at the white cards for the first time. For the first not, time. This isn't the third time we're doing this. So the first one I noticed was Divine Arrow, which is a favorite of mine. We've seen it before. 
Two cost, deals four damage to target attacking or blocking creature. It's just a nice card, but we've seen it before, but it's good. The next one I really liked was Fight as One, which seems like a really nice instant. Yeah, this was uh, the Uncommon. Yeah, Uncommon, one cost, one white. Yeah. Choose one or both. Target human creature you control gets 1-1 one, one and gains indestructible until end of turn. And then the same thing for a non-human creature. So for an instant, that's like, that's solid. Absolutely. Yeah, I think. I mean, at the right time, that wins a game. And it's really versatile. Like, you can put this in an aggro deck because one mana to really. To make a couple of trades like that make can it, win you the game. It, well, it gives indestructible. So it's one mana clear the way for the next turn. Mm-hmm. But you can also put it in a in a deck that, that goes longer, I think. Oh, I think it works fine in any situation. It's just a great Plus, card. I think I didn't do a strict count, but I think white has more humans than any other color. Uh, yeah, I so think you're it's... more likely to have humans because I think the creatures outnumber humans by overall by a, yeah. a decent I margin. I think humans, human, non-human is a theme of white, black. Um, yes, white Orzov or... wants likes humans. Yeah. So that one seemed real nice. What else do I got? Helica Glider, which is a nice, solid, common card I think I would like anytime. Like, that's just one you just kind of like to pick up to kind of fill out your deck. It's a three-cost three 2-2, two, two, um, yeah. and you can give it either first strike or flying, whichever one yeah. you want. So a three-cost 2-2 two, two with flying is kind of standard on-curve solid stuff, but if you prefer first strike, then because there is stuff that combos with first strike, uh, you can give it first strike, so it just has a little bit more utility. Yeah, I think blue white is going to be flyers as usual, uh, but I think there's a lot of support for it. The uh, down in the corner, I've got the blue white split card, which is another three mana two two flyer that just makes all of your flyers harder for your opponent to target. Yeah, I like I like that card, Mark. Uh, what else do I got here? Huntmaster Liger. Three, it's it's like their four cost mutate card for white. So it's three and a white with a mutate two and a white cost. It's a yeah. three four. Whenever this creature mutates, other creatures you control get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. So, yeah, I mean, it seems pretty solid. I mean, it's not super flashy, but if you want to boost your creatures, if you're in Boros and want to aggro it out, uh, this will help you. This is a good four drop for that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I can't can't say if I think this is gonna work well or not. What will the aggro or this card? The hunt master master liger. Yeah, I don't think it's the best uncommon. I think you're gonna. I don't know. I think you're gonna get it every once in a while. It's just solid, and that's yeah. kind of the the word that came to mind when I was looking at white overalls. There's just some solid cards in there. Yeah, there's nothing crazy exciting, but it's got good stuff. Yeah. I think they have a lot of removal. I mean, the pacifism, blade banish, exile with power four greater, the divine arrow you mentioned. Yeah, I think white is the most removal. Pacifism is always great for a two cost removal or pseudo removal. That's good stuff. Yeah, um, I like swallow whole. It's just tap a creature you control. Exile oh, target top. tap creature. Yeah, so it's another condition, but it's a one mana exile spell. The it's only not thing the, I don't love is that it's a sorcery, not an instant. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Which is why it's so cheap. But I, 
these like destroyed tapped creature cards are much better when they're instants. Yeah, yeah. But you do get a plus one plus one counter for your troubles. That'll be interesting. I, I feel like it's gonna be extremely playable at least. Which is what I've thought about most of the removal that I've seen. There's just more in white, so you want to yeah. if you're in white, that's gonna be your advantage. Because I don't think you're getting a lot of advantage on the creatures. I think no. the creatures all seem kind of fine, but what you're getting out of white is more removal. There is this kind of pseudo keyword tribal going on. All of the hybrid cards have uh, some benefit for keywords. Mm-hmm. So for white, it's vigilance and flying. I don't think there's anything extremely exciting in that regard, but there are more vigilant creatures than normal, I think. Well, I mean, one note I made about white in overall is that my, my, my overall impressions were that it has good removal and it has some interesting stuff, but it seems really spread thin because there's this there's a human thing going on. Yeah. Some synergies with humans, and then there's synergies with vigilance, and then there's synergies with cycling, and those don't overlap a ton. Right. And then well, none of them seem fully actually, fleshed out. But but with cycling, we're just going to see fewer non-playables. So I think you're kind of right there, but I think you're going to get an enough cards for your deck regardless of which theme you're you're going for which might help make all of the themes viable i don't Maybe. know i don't know i think um, it makes it harder I mean, to it, judge doesn't front. help you with with being mana flooded like true i don't know it seemed a bit spread thin to me but my favorite uncommon and white is splendor mare it's just good it's a two it's a two and a white cost uncommon three three lifelink and it gives something else lifelink. Yeah. Like a three cost three three lifelink is already good. No, good that's stats. when you and then cycle it. Gives something it Mark. Else cycling. Mark. And it has cycling. No, no, no. It's only when you cycle it that you put oh, the lifelink on I misread the card. Yeah. So this is there's Four a the warning. I'm sorry. There one of each color, there's a card that does this where um I mean it's still a great card. Three three lifelink for okay. three. Well I don't I don't love it anymore now. It's it's disappointed me. <laughs> I just think it's really solid. I mean you're sure, gonna play but it's not great. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, and then the most interesting card in white, it uh, again, we're only looking at commons and uncommons, is Stormwild Caprador. It's a bird goat, which is great to begin with. <laughs> yes. Three costs, two and a white. Flying, if non-combat damage would be dealt to this card, prevent that damage. Put a 1-1 counter on it for each damage prevented this way. In Boros, there's like this, like, just you just start shooting it with your fire spells, and then it becomes this massive flyer. Yeah. Which I don't, is that good? You're not using it to destroy opponents, but if they can't handle flying, then you just keep pumping it with fireballs. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird card because it's not your traditional aggro card where, you know, a lot of your if, if you're playing red white, you're probably aggro. And that's where. Yeah, but it's like a late game. If, you, if all else fails, you just hope they don't have reach and you turn this into like a, a seven nine flyer. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really fun. Although they probably have reach because of the keyword counters. <laughs> Only if there, well, there was some in black. There's a little bit of reach in black, but there, there is quite a bit in green. Yeah, sadly, I'll be interested to see if there are a couple white blue cards that tap tap down the opponent. 
that usually doesn't seem like a winning archetype or winning strategy. So I, I'm well, just tap curious. Tap can be really good, especially with Mutate now. I think tapping stuff yeah, will be strong. Right. Yeah. I think it usually falls short unless you really find kind of the right combination of, of cards. So Snare Tactician, three mana. When you cycle a card, tap target creature and opponent controls. So I don't know. Maybe the... That could be great. Maybe the blue-white deck is just going to finish off opponents by cycling and, you know, cycling for value, basically. Yeah, and then we'll just, well, especially if you're running flyers, right? If they got one card with reach or one flyer, you just keep tapping it. Yeah, yeah. And then all your flyers get through. So I I think that could be very good. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I don't think that that card is good in the average format. So Correct, but I think it's better here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I don't I don't have a super strong read on white. Let's go ahead and move on to blue. Yeah, blue, where we get flyers. We get flyers, we get a leviathan. I just, I, I think I mostly pointed out flyers. Because <laughs> that was really exciting. Excited by it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Blue has its normal it has capture spear, which is a cheap pseudo removal. Well, it's four, but it's it has flash. It's, oh. it's, it's always good. Yeah. It's always good. We've got the Flying Tribal. We have a few more Mutate creatures. Some interesting stuff there. What did I point out here? So Capture Sphere is always solid. I like Dreamtail Heron. is a nice, solid Mutate card. It's a a four and a blue common card. Uh, Flying three, four, whenever. And you can mutate it for three and a blue. Whenever this creature mutates, draw a card. I mean, five for a three, four flying is fine. It's pretty good for a common to begin with. And then yeah. you get that on top of it, it's it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be a really nice common if you're running flying's, flying deck. Yeah. I, th- I think we're going to see a lot of this card. The Frost Lynx is a reprint, right? Yeah, that was in M20. Yeah, that was a great card. That was a really nice common. It's a 2 yeah. blue for a 2-2, two this... two, and it taps a creature for two turns. Yeah, this goes in that tap deck that I'm wondering if it's a thing or not. <laughs> I mean, again, it's a common I'm picking up. Any day. Any day. I see it mid, late in a pack. I'm picking it up if I'm in blue. It's just yeah. good. I don't know if I'm... It does tap it down for two turns, basically. Like this turn and the next turn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. It's good. I'm curious about Glimmer Bell. I don't know if this is good. It's a one in a blue for a 1-3 flyer, and you can pay one blue to untap it. But what I'm thinking is that it's a great mutate target. Exactly. Yeah. And I think... That's that's a hard thing for me to grok is there are clearly cards that are mutate targets. Is it going to be good enough as a mutate target, you know, to be worth a card? Oh, I think for sure. Right. I, it, I think it's an it, open it's question. It's a 1-3, so it kind of it, it, it can do some work in, in stopping a quicker deck or at yeah. least delaying a quicker deck. Right. It can block two attack creatures, which is always nice in blue if you want to do a slow deck. Yeah. And then as soon as you find a mutate card that has like a 4 4 body, all of a sudden you have a 4 4 flyer with pseudo vigilance. With kind of vigilance. Yeah. Which no, is it, it, great. And to be clear, I think this is a great one. I, I think this is going to be a great common. I think um, in common, this is fantastic. More generally, I think these mutate target cards are interesting, and some of them are closer to the line. Right, um, but this one's solid even in just as a two drop. 
Right. I mean, works I'm agreeing great. with you. I'm agreeing it with you. It does what it needs to do in blue <laughs> if you're rowing a, a, a long blue deck. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a, a tap card, Frostfail Ambush. Mm-hmm. So this is th- three blue, blue, and then tap down two target creatures they don't untap during their their next untap step. This is not a card that is worth playing in limited, in my opinion. Like this is just it's it's, it's not going to work how as much as you want. But it has cycling one, which I still totally, don't think it makes it good though. It absolutely makes it good. I mean, if if tapping is tapping down the opponent is remotely a possibility for your plan. Cycling one makes it almost a free inclusion. I don't know. Plus you're getting the cycling synergies. I, I think this is going to be, no, again, I it's, think it's still too expensive, like five to tap two creatures. That's I would say lot. this is a card that you'd probably cycle more than you would play. I think it's really interesting though. And in blue, you're probably going to have cycling synergies anyway especially blue white again um i just i think it's a really interesting card i don't think it's gonna it's not a top common by any means but it's a uh it's a spell that i would never think about in another set but because it has cycling here i i think it's got a place i think it's very bad and i will probably never take it <laughs> unless someone can really convince me i i love That's cards so like expensive this. yeah it's you're gonna cycle it 98 percent of the time and then it's like, why not have another card instead of paying one to get another card? What I'm wondering about is, it seems like with Mutate, I think a lot of decks are going to have fewer cards on the battlefield. and sure, they're but they're just better, cheaper cards that tap. And if you're in blue, you're flying, and so there's probably only one to two cards you ever want to tap. Yeah, but I think what you're looking for, or or in this hypothetical tap deck... That could totally not exist. But there's not a tap deck. There's a deck that uses tap to get its creatures through. Like, right, right. There's no, like, yeah. straight-up tap deck. Tap's like a utility no. thing. No, 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 no. It's just a deck that has to push enough damage, not by having a better board state, but by getting through by tapping stuff down. I'm not highlighting it because I think it's a great card. I'm highlighting it because I think it's actually going to fit where it would not fit in other formats. Well, but I'll agree with you that can, it's better here than in other. it would be in other formats. Also, I'm curious to see how much cycling is worth. There's a chance that cycling one is going to be worth a card in in a lot of decks. What do you mean? Um, there are enough cycling synergies in white and red and blue, cards that have payoffs, Yeah, that a card that you can just cycle it, get rid of at instant speed for one mana... Is is just an effect that you want in your deck? Maybe, yeah. I didn't look one, too closely at that. One man, it's one man to draw a card and then get your cycling triggers. Yeah. Uh, similarly, neutralize. But it's not one man to draw a card. It's one man to lose a card, draw a card. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. That's a that's no, a big, no, it, big difference. No, there. it's it's one man to draw a card. It's like Oct without the scry. It's a card that replaces yeah. itself. Is the point? Sure. Yeah. Neutralize is is one blue blue counter target spell. You might play that. You probably play that, but it has cycling too, which makes it even better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love the cycling on the counter spells. That's gonna make it fun. Yeah, I um, definitely wanted to highlight Boon of the Wish Giver. Boon what do you think wish- about this? Oh, a four blue blue draw four cards with a cycle. 
No, I think if you're if you're going for draw, you get of one mind. Of one mind, if you control a human and a non-human, is a one blue draw two card. It's oh un- yeah, it's uncommon. That's just no, better. I, oh, because okay. three cost to draw two cards is already fine. We like that already, but it could be a one cost draw two cards. Yeah, yeah. I think every blue deck wants one boon of the wish giver. What? Yeah, that's what I no. think about it. I think what. This is what makes cycling so good is if it's in your opening hand, you just draw another card. If it's if you top deck it, you know, on turn eight, you drowned your opponent in card advantage. Right. But I think cycling cycling is fine if you're going to cycle even like 60, 70 percent of the time cycling. You just rather have a different card if you're cycling it 95 percent of the time. Well, what percentage of the time do you think you cast Boon of the Wishgiver? 5% of the time. I think any time it's in the bottom half of your library, you're, well, you're not going to get there. You're not going to get there. What I'm saying is... It needs to be in a particular sliver of your library. Otherwise, you're just wasting the mana. The reason that those kinds of cards are bad is because if it isn't in that spot, it's a dead card. Cycling one basically makes it a free inclusion. It's only one mana to correct the the issue of it, you know, being there when it's a dead dead card. Right, but one mana early in the game is a lot. All right, all right. I think I'm going to value the cycling cards more than you are. You're making cycling to be this, like, magic wand, right? Like, no, 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 no. The third Mark. of the time you're going to cycle into a land you probably don't want. Like... It's it's it's, it's an not uncommon, a, Matt. <laughs> it doesn't make the card, um, you know, game breaking. It just well, makes no. the card so that it, it it's never dead, which is the more important thing for your limited. Well, no, deck. it's only pseudo dead. No, it's it's one mana. Pretend that this card it's wasn't dead in your deck. unless you pay a cost. One mana is that cost? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's agree to disagree. I think I think I am. I mean, maybe, have you played in a set with cycling? Like, actually, like, no. real played? No. Maybe, I mean, one of us is wrong here, but I yeah. don't think it's that good. Maybe we move on. I'm, I'm not coming we, down on this. Maybe we admit ignorance. I could be wrong. I'll admit that. I could be wrong. But given the way they're valuing, like, the cost of things with cycling, I don't think I'm that wrong. It seems like it's a little, a little boost. It's not like it's every expensive card is now viable. Yeah. Like, I would take almost every other uncommon in blue over that card. Wow. I would not take That's... Escape Protocol. Escape Protocol is just not good. But every other uncommon I'm looking at, I would probably take over that card. Yeah. Yeah, We. I think you're hugely undervaluing it. All right, we'll find out. We'll find we'll, out. We will. All right, what else did I like here? Oh, what I mean, we got right it, here? We got to point out Pouncing Shore Shark. Yeah, I was horrified. I thought I was <laughs> hallucinating. This art I, is I love absolutely it. terrifying. It's one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen on a magic card. Wait, are you talking about mechanically or just the no, idea? the art. Look the at idea that, that thing. this exists. That's her. That's what? It's like it's like a great white shark, except it has really buff human arms and hands. Well, the hands aren't human. The hands are like a cat. The arms, what? those are like yeah, human triceps. Beast hands. It's like beast arms. Just imagine <laughs> a shark. And the worst part is that you don't see the, the bottom third of it. 
there's just like a human torso and then it goes off the art. You I what's underneath there? <laughs> Are there legs? I mean, this could just be like the end of a weird tentacle of a kraken down there. We don't know. It could be a finger puppet. We don't know. <laughs> it's the most horrifying art I've seen until we get to one of the other colors and there's something even maybe even worse. Yeah. Anyways, I, love it. I, I thought it was a good card, I think. I don't remember. All I wrote on my notes was nightmare material. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's really cool because it's a mutate card with flash. And when it when this creature mutates, you may return tar- target creature and opponent controls to its owner's hand. Oh, yeah. That's that good. could be super value. I yeah. think if you return, like, say, say your opponent mutates a creature and attacks you with it. You pounce with your short shark. I think they just lose all the other cards. They only put the top card back in their hand, right? Ooh. I'm not sh- I don't know. If it works like I think it works, um that's going to you know the, the the existence of mutate is going to make this unsummon effect good. even better. Yeah. Yeah. But then you can mutate onto it again and re re get that value. Oh yeah, that's real good. I didn't think about the implications with mutate. I was yeah. too bothered by <laughs> the appearance of it. Also counters. You know, there there are a lot of counters flying around in this set, which makes that unsummon effect, you know, more valuable. Yeah. The only other card I wanted to point out was Wingspan Wingspan mentor uh yeah so two and a blue for a one three creature when it enters the battlefield put a flying counter on target non-human creature you control and then it has a two and a blue tap effect to put a one one counter on every creature you control with flying yeah so if you're going hard flying that probably works decently it's, it seems a bit expensive but i uh, it's a flying payoff for sure if yeah. you're going hard flying, which I yeah. think you can do in blue, if you if your blue's your main color, there's a yeah. lot of flyers in here. Yeah, real quick, this is this is the cycle where white, um, there's an identical card except with with vigilance. Vigilance, it's what is it? It's lifelink in black. Wait, is it lifelink? It's not menace. This card is lifelink. Oh, interesting. Okay, there's another cycle. There, there are two cycles like this. Yeah, yeah. But, but this cycle of cost tap put one one on each creature with the, with the keyword red. We've got menace. Oh, red is menace. Okay. Yeah, because because menace right. is the red black theme, which yeah. I am super excited to see what that's like. Mm-hmm. And then green is reach trample. Tra- oh, trample. Of course. I don't know which one's going to be the best. This one seems good just because I'm excited about lots of flyers in blue. Yeah, this is where that, you know, the flying tappy deck is going to going to be really fun, I think. I'm excited to play it. Yeah. Yeah, my impressions overall for blue were strong, I think. Yeah. Uh good control, uh lots of flying. Like what else do you do you want in limited from blue? Just go over everything and stop their stop their flyers and reaches from being able to touch them. Yeah. Startling development. One in a blue. Till end of turn, target creature becomes blue serpent with base and power toughness 4-4. Oh, why didn't I write that one down? That's very good. Yeah, that's 
it's basically a removal spell and it also has cycling one it's like a it's like a blue giant growth yeah 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 but this instead is how- of instead of potentially getting a bigger creature you get cycling instead i like it yeah Thieving Otter, we should point out, two and a blue for a 2-2 when it deals damage to an opponent, draw a card. Another uh, another one of those um, mutate targets. Yeah, another mutate bigger. target, I think. Well, especially in Simic, if you can give it Trample. Give it Trample, give it Flying, just give it any kind of evasion. Yeah, and you start getting card draw, that'd be good. Yeah, I think blue's strong. Yeah, I, I'm excited for blue. We got some big butts in blue, too. We got an 05 turtle. We got a 1-6 crab. Matt, I, I, your obsession with these big-butted turtles and crabs and such is worrying me. I am, I'm only excited about them because our friend Bubba didn't see the incredible value. That of a the, four-cost 1-6? No, 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 no. That's an awful card. <laughs> No, of the no, um, no, Matt. You seem like you're a fan. That the was last like the first card you spoiled. The <laughs> you threw in was, the slack. It was not, and I only did that to make fun of Bubba. Okay. Okay. No, the last format had the O five for two, and it had flash. Right. Right. And it was it was really good in a very specific deck. Oh, and, right. And right. you made that deck one time. And Bubba got mad at you, and you like one. Did you go seven two with it? Uh, that's the one I went seven one. Seven one with your turtle flyer deck, yeah. And to be fair, I didn't. I had like two turtles in it. It it just it filled a kind of a a spot that the the deck needed. Um, it needed to play at instant speed, and it had a, just a ginormous butt to prevent all of the damage. It was it was wonderful. <laughs> Okay, let's move right. on. <laughs> Where are we on now? Black? I'm I'm going to guess that whatever creature was more terrifying than the Shore Shark will be here. Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, hold on, let me check. Because... No, it wasn't terrifying. It was just... It was like the, one of the worst art I've ever seen. So each... Oh, yeah, it's in black. It's in black. Okay. So each color has one... I don't know what they're calling it, but a creature type that... Is specific to it. Um, and it's interesting, some of the weird creature types of the last year going all the way back to War of the Spark are because this set was going to do some like tribal stuff. Oh, and then weird creature types, yeah. Yeah. And then then they took some of the tribal stuff out of the set during design. But you know, it's the reason why we had a bunch of cats over the last four sets. <laughs> Probably the reason why we had elementals in M20 is because that's the blue creature type in this set. So anyway. And the black is what? Nightmares? Nightmares. <laughs> yeah. See here. Okay. None of this is nightmare material because you expect it out of black and it's just like standard, like creepy, large spiders <laughs> right, and stuff. Right. Like, none right. of this and is terrifying. That shark is the scariest thing I've ever seen on a magic card. <laughs> I I might agree with you. So let's talk also real quick. An, an, an old SNL reference. <laughs> yeah. What it, what was that? Land shark. Land shark. Yeah. Yeah. Which was making fun of Jaws. Oh. Right Jaws <laughs> okay. came out in the seventies. Yeah. It's it's all it's it's references on top of references. 
All right, we got to talk about Blitzleech. That's the first thing I highlighted. Okay. I don't know if this is really bad or decent. <laughs> yeah, that's so it's a that's five a great way and to put a black. It. It's five and a black, so it's six cost. That's a lot for a five-two creature with flash. And when it enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent controls gets minus two, minus two until end of turn, and loses all of its counters. So it wants to trade twice. Yeah. And if it does, maybe... But I don't know how often you're going to be able to trade twice. Get a two-for-one with it. And then it's just a dead card. Now that I'm talking about it out loud, I think it's just bad. Yeah, the the thing is, the body This is a card that needs cycling. Yeah, I think the body just isn't good. A 5-2 body... Is well, just, just bad. It just jumps in there and, d- and kills something. Right, right. So I'm thinking back to like a comparable would be like Light Breath Catablepis, which... You gotta remind me what that is. Um, it's the one that came in and gave minus 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 X minus X according to your devotion to black. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And it was the same cost. Well, it was four black black. This is five and a black. So with that one, you were typically killing something of size three or four. And then you had a 3-2 body left over. Yeah, that's just better. And that was, granted, that was a good card. Yeah, I mean, the advantage, this is more conditional because they have to be attacking. Yeah. Uh, in in theory, I guess potentially it could, it could boost up and hit yeah. something that's massive, at least up to seven. Yeah, yeah. So, but like six I, cost to kill a seven attack creature, there are way easier ways to kill, like... That's just, that's just bad removal at that point. Yeah, I, I think it's bad removal. Okay, it's bad. I've agreed. I've agreed with my speculation. We get a fun, expensive murder with blood curdle. <laughs> yeah, this is really cool. Three and a black to destroy target creature, and you just stick a menace counter on something. Yeah. So this means that your opponent has to keep three creatures back. To avoid dying to this. Yeah, that's interesting. And again, we're we're expecting with mutate fewer creatures on the yeah. board. So this yeah. could be quite good, actually. And it's in common. I think great. Yeah, I think something that will happen a lot is you'll have a stalled board, or like you'll both have two or three creatures. You kill their best thing and then put menace on your biggest thing. Yeah, and it just shifts it shifts the whole dynamic. Yeah, and worst case, it's a four-mana kill anything. That's that's a good card, which you expect. I think the uncommons were more important in red, in um, blue and white. There seems to be more good stuff in common, I find, in black here. Yeah. Cavern Whisper is just a solid common card. And I, I think this is part of a pseudo-cycle, and the other two were, so far were uncommons, but this one's common. And it compensates by being a bit more expensive. So it's four and a black. Uh, for a 4-4 four, four with Menace, and whenever it mutates, and each opponent discards a card, and you can mutate it for 3 and a black. I think that's great. Yeah. That's precisely what Black wants to do. That's a solid 4 or 5 costed card in black. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what I think about this. I think you probably care about the body more than the mutate. So unless you have a really good mutate target, I feel like you're going to cast this for five and just get the four four yeah but four four the menace for five is fine out of common yeah 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 it's a solid card all right now we get to the art that dead weight art i do not like 
Oh yeah, it's got like a weird cartoony. It looks it like looks... nothing else in the set. Yeah, it looks like like uh, Land Before Time. Yeah, it's like weird animated. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's the other one I was thinking of. That was I, not that it's horrifying. It's just I think it's just not good art. Yeah, and, I agree with you. But Dead it's... weight's a great card. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be drafting it a lot. One mana minus two minus two enchantment. That's good. It's just very good. What do you think of Mutual Destruction? So that's one cost. It has flash as long as you control something else with flash. There's a decent amount of flash in here, it looks like. Uh, you sack a creature, destroy a creature. Um, we saw, we saw a... It's kind of an Orzhov token, like, small creature thing, except yeah. there's nothing that makes them. There's, like, these payoff cards, and there's nothing that lets you make the the, the tokens. Yeah, there's a white card that makes one when you cycle, but that that doesn't seem amazing. You get Night Squad Commando, which is just kind of sure. Like, maybe you get one or two tokens out, and then there's, like, these great payoff cards, but, like, you gotta find the tokens. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. You're trading your your worst creature for their best one. In this set, it's better with Mutate again. Anything that targets that can target something big is going to be slightly better in this set. So I think it's a good card. You know what White Black has is a reanimator theme in humans. Yeah, so maybe that helps as well. I'm looking. I'm looking at the gold cards for White Black, and it looks like all three of them will help you in that regard. Or two yeah, of the. Th- you're gonna get like it's gonna be rare. You'll get two of those. Like you're. You're hoping for one, and I, I yeah. still don't think that's enough to make that work as a strategy. Agreed. Yeah. Back up to uncommons. I like Grim Dancer, which is one black black. Uh, it's a three three, so you know three costs for three three is always nice in 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 draft. But it enters the battlefield with your choice of two different counters from among Menace, Death Touch, and Life Link. Yeah, I so think this three is three cost for a Menace. Death Touch 3-3, that's it's a, great. It's a great card, yeah. Which is, I assume what you're going to pick most of the time is Menace Death Touch. Yeah, unless you're going to target it with something. With unless you have paint. some, you're running some Orzhov Lifelink shenanigans. Yeah. But still, that's that's wonderful. That's a that's very a, good uncommon. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Because that's, <laughs> a, I mean... It's it's in it's a clear like removal target, or it's going to trade twice. It's yeah. going to do a two for one. The double black pips is That's a downside, downside right? Because then you probably don't ever want to play it with three colors. Here's an interesting one with cycling: suffocating fumes. I thought it was interesting, but now that I think back, there's not enough creatures with one toughness for it to work. So I think it's just bad. It's two and a black for every creature your opponent controls gets minus one, minus one until end of turn with cycling two. I guess you can make it give you favorable trades. Yeah. It doesn't I have think, to kill them on site. So I don't know. I think it seems a bit. Seems a bit conditional. Too conditional, too expensive. But as cycling, Matt. Yeah. I thought you'd be all over it. Cycling two. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm just like. For the thing to, okay, so using your your metric, how many games are you gonna want to cast that three mana opponent's creatures get minus one minus one to end up turn? Probably, I think ten percent. 
I think it's better 10%. than the other cards you were talking about. I totally disagree. Totally disagree. Because again, you don't have to kill them. It's just you uh yeah. you swing and then they they're like, "Oh, why'd you do that?" and they just trade and then you s- turn the trades around. It's it could work. Yeah. But but what that does is I mean, you spent your whole turn clearing the board on both sides and spending Well, it doesn't have to be a trade. Maybe it's a trade and then you sure. upgrade it to a, you know, you kill them. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree um, it's not good. Yeah. Now that I think about it. That's all I got in black. I think it's not going to be as great as it was in Theros Beyond Death, which is a good thing. Agreed. It was it was crazy good there. I just want to say that I adore, in general, the artwork and theme of this set. The monsters are just amazing. We're getting crazy creature types. I just, I just love it. The nightmares look... It's like a combination of they're terrifying, but also they're just like the coolest monsters. So... Except for that deadweight monster. Maybe that's why they're deadweighting it. Yeah. It's like, you don't belong here. Well, it's not a black monster. It's something else getting deadweighted. It's something from like an entirely different universe. Yeah. It doesn't fit with anything. Okay, let's move on. Let's do red. We got two more colors to get through. All right. I was going to like sneak into this, but I'm just going to say it. I love red. Okay. I love it, love it, love it so much, and I cannot wait to draft red. I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you. It's so good, man. (laughs) It's so good. But we have to, let's point out at the beginning, let's point out the single best art in the entire set is in red. There is some phenomenal art. I bet we're thinking of different things. It's a rare card. We already talked about it on the Slack. The, uh, what's the cycle? The, the myths. The red oh. myth is some of the best art. I, I love that art so much. It's so so, so what you're talking about is um so the theming of this world is is that there are five wedge base like regions of the world and each one has an apex monster. And so what you're talking about is there's a cycle of mythos of mon- the, the apex monsters. And Seb McKinnon, who is, is, has become definitely my favorite magic artist, painted these mythos cards as if they were cave paintings. They're so good. He, they're incredible. Like it looks like it, like a legit, like ancient cultures painted this on the walls of, of this great monster doing its thing. It, it's unbelievable. And the red one, what's, I don't remember the name of it. It's mythos or something, but. The red one is fantastic. I don't get I don't get excited about board game art that much. That is some art I would like get a poster of. And I don't know if I've ever said that about art in a game before. Yeah, no, totally. I so Seth McKinnon actually he's just finishing a Kickstarter right now. Oh, is he? So, like probably like a couple days after this podcast drops. And I think the last stretch goal are the Mythos arts. It's really expensive. It's like $50 for a playmat, which is just a little bit out of what I want to play, pay for that. Yeah, but, I don't play in person enough for that. But I seriously considered it. Doing which, posters? Which is nuts. I forget what all is on well, there. I'm going to look this up because <laughs> yeah. that art's so good. He's done a bunch of art outside of that cycle. And like the art that has stood out in the last three or four sets 
most of it has been Seb McKinnon. He just has this incredible style. Um, it almost looks like, well, typically it looks like, I don't know, Renaissance paintings of these mythic things. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I got to go look this up because I've never really paid attention to the artists in yeah. Magic. I mean, he's the only one that I could name, but it, it's just like all the times I've been blown away and then check the art, it's Seb McKinnon. Anyway, Red. check out his stuff. All right. Know how we were super excited about Blue Flyers? Yeah. Along comes Cloud Piercer to ruin your day. <laughs> Common card, four and a red for a 5-4 creature with reach. And whenever it mutates, you can discard a card and then draw a card and it mutates for four. Uh, so yeah, 5-4 with reach in common in red, not to mention what we're going to see in green. Uh, there's definitely some anti-flying going on here. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense. As much as we want flying to just stomp, that would be boring. you got to balance it out. But, I mean, I'd throw one in most red decks just because of blue. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's a ton of removal in red. I want to talk about two of the cards. So the common card, Go for Blood, is just a straight-up fight spell. Um, yeah. One in a red, your creature fights someone else's, and it has cycling one. That's a great card. Beautiful. I that's love a, it. That's a, a fantastic card. Okay, so I was super confused by the uncommon card. Three red red, target creature fights another target creature. I was like, why is it costed that much? It's because you can target any two creatures. You oh. can So at instant speed for five mana, you can have your opponent's creatures fight each other. I I don't know if that's worth it, but it's I don't know either, but it's gonna be Because you want them to trade, but then you have to get a situation in which the two creatures actually trade. Yeah. Or else yeah. it's just a five cost kill yeah, I don't... second best creature. This is it's probably too expensive to be great, but yeah. at the same time, I'm just thinking of like a bunch of mutated creatures with death touch counters on them. You know, I just I, I can I'm constructing situations where this is just a two for one of, of like big creatures, but um, I don't I know. I don't think it's good. There's just other better like cards in red. You get in common, you get Fire Prophecy, which is a lightning bolt, uh, one in red for three damage to target creature. Yeah. I guess it's not a lightning bolt. It has to target a creature. And then you yeah. get to uh, put a card on the bottom of your library and draw a card. Great. That's yeah. wonderful. That's oh, that's a fantastic card. Especially, and this is all great, especially since the red, blue, is it thing is spells, is, is, spells, is doing yeah. is it stuff and has some wonderful support. I am so excited for playing Is It. This looks so much better than it did than the Is It stuff that uh, Guilds of Ravnica had. Yeah, and wasn't Guilds the last time that it like red blue spells was a main thing? No, didn't. Aren't we playing with that right now? It's Flash right now. I guess that's similar. Yeah, yeah Flash is. It's somewhat similar. I mean, it, it's always around spells, but the idea of like spells in the graveyard giving bonus and whatnot. So in Uncommon, you get Flame Spill, so four damage to target creature, but it has Trample-ish. It doesn't say <laughs> Trample, but it's basically as Trample. Yeah. Number three. Fantastic. Love it. Just kill everything. Check out Heightened Reflexes. So normally, you'd look at this and go, meh, it's a one red mana cost card, instant. Target yeah. creature gets plus one, plus low until end of turn, put a first strike counter on it. Normally, the first strike would go until end of turn. 
this is a first strike counter. That yeah. creature retains first strike. Yeah, it's such a... All of a sudden, it's like, oh, I've seen that before. It's whatever. And now it's like, whoa, that's kind yeah. of interesting. It's just such a sweet design space that they have to do this sort of thing. First strike permanently for one mana? There's that, so much first strike stuff in red, too. At instant speed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, There's what so is... Much, look at Momentum Rumbler. I love Momentum Rumbler in Uncommon. It's just wonderful yeah. theme. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a three oh, and a red. Great. Three and a red for a three three. Whenever it attacks, if it doesn't have a first strike, put a first strike counter on it. So as soon as it attacks, it gets first strike. And then whenever it attacks, if it has first strike, it gets double strike until end of turn. So then you're paying four for essentially a three three of first strike, and whenever it attacks, it has double strike. Yeah. So that's, fun. That's great. And what a mutate target. Oh, yeah. Now you can mutate stuff onto that to give it something even better double strike. Yeah. Or give it double strike with, like, trample or lifelink or, like, oh. Is the is the first strike and double strike Red's answer to just generally taller creatures in the set? Yeah. Yeah, well, it helps. It helps aggro out and win win the early game stuff. So red can have a board going into the late game if it hasn't yeah. won by then. Yeah, yeah. Red is really exciting. I Speaking I feel of, like look at prickly marmoset. Just an innocuous little monkey. What's that? A monkey porcupine combination. <laughs> There's some great combinations. Two yeah. and a red for a two three. So you're like meh. Whenever you cycle a card, it gets plus two plus zero oh till end of turn. So then it's a four three. Whenever you cycle, that's fine. But hold on, wait a minute. It's got first strike. Yeah. Just out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. And what if you have one of those big creatures that cycles and drops a, a, a keyword counter, right? Yeah. The, um, well, and then red even gets like late game removal. Look at rumbling rock slide. Three and a red for a sorcery. It deals damage to target creature each equal to the number of lands you control. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it's mediocre if you're dropping what, what, it on turn four. What were four. you thinking when you said this set didn't have removal? Well, I was... I think of fire spells as different than removal. Okay. I guess... When I say removal, I almost always Although I mean... guess all of these say creature, so... Super... Yeah. Super wide. Yeah. But like, you drop this on turn four, it's kind of... It's expensive. Yeah. Right? You play this on turn with five or six lands out, all of a sudden it's decent... You're in the late game. You can pretty much destroy anything. So, I mean, it's in common, though. It's in common. Here's where, here's one where cycling, I think, works. Shredded sails. It's one oh, yeah. red. Choose one. Destroy target artifact or destroy uh, or deal four damage to target creature with flying cycling two. So yeah. bad card made at least decent by cycling. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is basically red's um, version of plummet. But uh, cycling, uh, which is always a sideboard card, but with cycling, it it's probably main deckable. Yeah, I think this one depends probably. Well, it definitely depends on how good the blue white flyer deck is. If that's a mainstay yeah. of, the, of the format, then this is a main main deck card. Yeah, and then there, I wrote down in my notes, they're just giving double strike away now. Look at Spell Eater Wolverine, is that two it? in a red for a three two. And as long as you have three or more instant and or sorcery cards in your graveyard, it has double strike. 
and it's common. Red seems so good, and I love that because I red's my favorite color. I'm I'm excited for red blue spells. I'm yes. excited for red black menace. Maybe that's going to be awful, but um, I'm, can you imagine something with menace and double strike? Yeah, like, and I mean, <laughs> if you get the black, if you get the, all the removal in black and red, and then you just put down three or four creatures. They can't block them because they have menace and death touch. I'm excited for that. What are the what are the other ones? Red, white is cycling. Is cycling aggro? Which aggro could be great. Yeah, which looks definitely viable. And then red, green is trample. Yeah. So then you get stuff with double strike and trample, and then mutated bigger. Yeah. Like red. Oh, it just seems so good. Yeah. Which is really and interesting. Most of the great because... stuff in common. That's what makes it even better. Like we only pointed out one uncommon so far. Everything yeah, we've a, mentioned a is in common. What's on the ground? Like what okay. In your aggro deck, what are your you know, two drops creatures? Probably mostly in white. Well yeah, that yeah. I guess I guess that's the compensation, because I don't I I don't see a whole lot of two drops. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, but there is, there are a good number in white, I think. Yeah. So well, that's Granith Stinger looks good there in the bottom right. That's a great two drop in common. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a bear that whenever you cycle, it deals a damage to an opponent. Yeah. It's solid. And has cycling one, so that when you draw it on turn ten, you can just pitch it. <laughs> yeah. No, that, uh, that I think red is based on my first impressions. Red is far and away the best color here. Yeah, I think there's there's an interesting tension with a mechanic like mutate that wants you to go tall of, you know, will will aggro be viable? I think it feels yeah, more viable. You go wide. Oh, right. Yeah, you either go wide or you go aggro. Well, ag- aggro typically does go wide. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I think yeah, I think is it deck is going to be so fun. Yeah. The red decks look really fun. I'm I am concerned about the number of low cost creatures in red, but yeah, now that I'm looking at the whole thing at once, there aren't as many. So that's that's certainly the compensation for having that. That has to be a deliberate choice. Yeah, but like the spells are fantastic. So I mean, yeah, maybe you just destroy is it... everything until you get to the to three mana. I guess. Yeah, I mean, so is it might be the the marquee red deck. Everything points to is it. Yeah. Got to get your Porky Parrot out on turn four, your bird beast. Wait, the Porky Parrot? Oh, the thing that just... I just uh, love the art. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Although, it's, it's all right. yeah, tap, this creature deals X to any target where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. <laughs> yeah, that's like the weakest of those effects, I think. I think so. Because how many times are you going to mutate a card? Like, twice at twice? most? Twice? But I, that's I a huge cost. Stacking it, like three or four cards on one thing. So the question is: Is there a deck where you can stack mutate triggers that are so valuable that you just do that? Maybe there aren't. Yeah, I think there, some of the other ones seem like you want to repeat them. Yeah. What was the black one? You give like a minus two, minus two out. Yep. Yeah, like that. I mean, that if you could, could stack more, that on the Porky Parrot, then you're doing three damage, and the next time you're doing four damage. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That that one could be good. I think it's just really hard 
to to see where the value is going to be on mutate i'm really excited to figure it out all right shall we go to green indeed let's go to green exuberant wolf bear he's coming look at that guy <laughs> wow that's a it's a chubby wolf I, I, that's a chonker i believe a chonker is that the the nomenclature i think so oh man i love the colors in the art it's just like these green oh my gosh look at the almighty brush wag i think it's a yes. reprint look at that guy just look at him. He's like the ugliest porcupine looking thing. <laughs> but look how confident he looks. He's just walking by all the other animals. They're like, what's going on here? Oh, yeah. And they know it. Oh, look Do at the flavor. Look at the art. Or look at the uh, the flavor text. Yeah, yeah. Laughed at, at the, the brush wag. Hunter's expression meaning died unexpectedly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got to talk about this. It's a one mana, one one with trample. That's weird. But then it has an activated ability, three and a green, plus three, plus three, till end of turn. What do you I think mean, about it's that? It's not good. You know what it is? It's Funny. a mutate target. Uh, maybe. I just I like mean, the theme of it. Presumably those like oh. spines like shoot out of its side and it becomes this like giant ball of thorns. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I mean, it's definitely not great, but I think it might be okay. I think it, I think it might be good in a mutate deck. That's just such an expensive boost. You're never going to do it twice, probably. Yeah, but it has trample. So, like, say you mutate it and it's, like, a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, that's not bad, but it has to survive, like, I don't know. Yeah. All right, what did I like? I liked Auspicious Starix. It is a four and a green for a six, six. And whenever it mutates, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile X permanent cards, where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. Put those permanents onto the battlefield. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. It mutates for five and a green. So it's actually more expensive to mutate. Yeah. Which makes sense because that ability is very good. Yeah. You just I get mean, a free a permanent. A five mana six, six is awesome. I think you're probably going to wait the turn to, to cast it for its mutate. Or you just cast it on turn five and then you mutate something else onto it and then it gets its thing. Yeah. I mean, this is an effect that doesn't get worse as you do it more. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be one of the top uncommons in the whole set. I mean, if you can do it twice, you've put three permanents into play for free? For free. That's it's insane. Yeah. And you're in green, so they could be huge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to hesitantly nominate that for top uncommon. Oh, but what if you hit your ivy elemental? Your what? Your ivy elemental. I don't know what your what card that is. Uncommon X green comes in with X 1 1 counters. Well, that's not that good. Why do you have that in your deck? That's pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I like the green bear. Uh, so one and a green for a 2-2. Two, two. Whenever a creature you control mutates, put a 1-1 one, one counter on that creature card and gain two life. Solid two drop. Yeah. Bear with upside. That's what you like to see. That's Essence Symbute. Oh, did you see? Oh, wait. I actually, like a... I actually liked the wolf bear. I didn't even notice the art. But I did write, I did highlight that card. I wrote solid value. Yeah. So it's 4-4-4. Oh, yeah. four, four, four. Whenever it attacks, you may change the base power and toughness of target human you control to its power and toughness until end of turn. Yeah, if yeah. you can 
Yeah, that could be real good. So on turn five, you're attacking with two four fours. Maybe you have a you know a counter spell or a pump spell. Yeah, that could be good. That's good. What do you think about monstrous step? Four and a green for a sorcery. It gives a creature seven seven until end of turn. Up to one other target creature blocks it this turn if able with cycling two. Uh, I don't like it. Feels common, maybe. <laughs> if it was I mean, common, it doesn't. Once it's in your deck, it doesn't matter what it was. It's literally, it's literally just five mana to kill their weakest creature. Or yeah, no. I think. Oh no, wait, no. Up to one other target creature. Oh, you get to choose the creature. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm liking it much better now. I feel like this is with best. all the trample in here. That could be really good. It's best with trample, I think, and and there's definitely trample tribal. There's trample all over the place in green. Yeah, all over the place. I think if you have tramplers, I would definitely play this card. Yeah, I think you're probably going to pick a, a lot of other uncommons first in green, because there are just yeah. some better creatures in uncommon in green, like uh, Glowstone Recluse. Uh, <laughs> Two and a green for a two three creature with reach, but whenever it mutates, put two one one counters on it, and it mutates for three and a green. What do you think of Titanith Rex seven green green trample eleven eleven and cycling cycle it one and a green put a trample on something? I mean, sure, <laughs> it's ridiculous. If you think you can last until you have nine mana, then you go for it. This is one that I don't think you always play, but I think you will play in some decks where... Well, Simic has some really nice ramp support. So if you're going hard Simic ramp, yeah. maybe. And you're not ramping to this card, though. Like, that's still like... I mean, I mean you are, but what? You're going to get it out on turn eight if you ramp really well? <laughs> well, I mean, the better beefy one is uh, Greater Sandworm. So it's five green green for a seven well, yeah. seven. Can't be yeah. blocked by creatures with power two or less, which is not as good in this set as it typically is, but it cycles for two. Yeah. No, but the the cycling for one in a green put a trample counter on something, that's interesting. Where I think that <laughs> this is such a dumb but card the, to be But it's But it's, it's counter, it's like anti-synergistic because if you're cycling it, it's probably early game and you want to put trample counters on big creatures. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to have other big creatures in your deck. Um, so it's like you want to cycle it if you get it with like five mana. You play this in your deck that has the black or white reanimator spells or green has a lot of ways to I think green has ways to get things out of the graveyard as well. Yeah, green, black, whatever yeah. that that guild name is. What is that guild name? Golgari. Okay, it's not a good card, but I <laughs> there's going to be some really fun ways to use it. Wait, which one? Tight, tight. Tannic Rex. I'm, I'm still talking about. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at Back for More. Four black green return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. When you do, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. Those are both uncommons, but like if you get some of the. If you get that early, you could build a sweet reanimator deck. Yeah, yeah, you could. You could. I, I, I think. If you get the right uncommons in Golgari, the Golgari archetype could be nice. Check out Migratory Greatthorn. It's a common. Three and a green for a 3-4 creature. Two and a green to mutate it. Whenever this creature mutates, search your 
library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tap, then shuffle your library. Yeah. That's really nice common card there. Ramping up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the ideal play pattern is. I feel like maybe you mutate this onto your two drop or your one drop to kind of upgrade it and get the the land. That's oh, going to be I an interesting. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting play pattern. It's a three cost three four with with ramping if you have a creature already down. Yeah. At the cost of like being the body. wide. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, in common, that seems really nice. Uh, ram through. That's exactly the... what I was about to say. Fight spell. With trample. Yes, a trample fight spell. Theme, I love it. One in a green target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. And then excess damage goes to uh, your opponent. It tramples all the way through. Love it. More spells with trample. And then look at Survivor's Bond. Just a very nice, like, recover. Two, so one in a green. Choose one or both. Pull a human creature card from your graveyard to your hand, and then the same thing for a non-human. Yeah, I mean that seems solid to, to maintain and pull back. You know, a big creature like it. Those are effectively like slow anti-removal cards. It takes some time, yeah. but you can you your big beefy creature has some protection if it gets uh, murdered or something. Yeah, as we look at this, I'm surprised just how much graveyard shenanigans green has. I mean, mm-hmm. black black has it, but Golgari would, could be good. I wonder if that's going to be a good deck, and it's you know it, it re- reanimates something huge as its finisher or something like that. Yeah, I mean the thing is though, I think green and black are probably the weakest colors on their own in terms of having well maybe green and white. I think green seems fairly like it does green stuff. It has big bodies, but like most of their nice nice stuff is in uncommon. The commons seem fairly underwhelming to me. Like that Great Thorn, I think is by far the best common. But there's not a whole lot else in common that I like out of green. There's also not a whole lot of mutate cards in green. There's that one. Is that the only common mutate card? Yeah, it looks like it. So green needs support. Yeah. The and green... you know, it always has big bodies, so it's always going to be somewhat relevant. But I think I think it's probably my what I would call the the weakest color. Yeah, um, you know, I think if combined with red, then all of a sudden you can get stuff with like trample and first strike, and then all of a sudden it's super relevant. Yeah, I think you, I think you're right on. Yeah, there definitely aren't monocolor decks in this set. No, I'm super curious. Uh, well, let's talk about the colorless cards. I looked there through them and I was, I didn't care that much about. Yeah, they're very. Want to point out. So I think, I mean, we got to talk about the the mana rock cycle. We have the wedge. Mana Rocks, three cost artifact, and it taps for one of three colors, and they have cycling too. So I think this set has the fixing to play three colors. But those are uncommon. Right. There's also the common uh, tap land cycle. The complete... Those are common though? Okay. So yeah. maybe there's maybe there's enough. I forgot to check what the rarity of those were. Yeah. Um, green does have the one common that taps for any color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the double lands, like maybe you can pick up enough if you really want to go three colors. I just don't see there doesn't seem to be much advantage to going three colors over two because they're so they're such strong, nice, good supported two color pairings. Well, what I wonder is if the green decks are going to be that kind of 
multicolored good stuff. I don't know. I don't think you get much. I don't, I don't know what you get. Well, I mean, the the point of those decks are that, you know, you can play any rares that come your way. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you'll clearly, I'm thinking purely in draft. You're, there's clearly support for it in sealed where you're no. more likely oh. to go three colors. Oh, that's totally viable in, in draft in some formats. I mean, there there was a, in Theros, there was a five color good stuff deck where basically you need need ways to fix and there's just a lot of fixing in green, mm. plus the mana rocks. And then what happens is every rare that doesn't fit into other people's colors, packs two and three, you just get. Maybe. I don't know. I don't I don't see it working, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's not something I've done a lot, but I'm, I'm curious because I, I, I mean, this set's going to have the best fixing of any set I've played, or at least since we've been on Ravnica. I I just think the two color combo stuff is is exciting enough that there's not a whole the inconsistency and the additional kind of randomness required to make three plus colors work doesn't seem like you get that much value relative to if you just built the two color deck. Right. I'm mostly thinking of it in terms of green. Is like is that kind of where green goes? Green seems weaker on itself but it has all the tools and then it has the big finishers all right let's wrap these looks at cards up with a look at the multicolor cards so as i i mentioned earlier akoria is based on the wedges and they're centered around the enemy color so for example teamer is blue green red and the primary color of that group would be blue and so what we have are at uncommon we have one of each hybrid cards of the ally colors and then we have three gold cards of all of the enemy pairs gotcha okay so the allied pairs are Slesnia, demir azorius gruel and rakdos yeah and so looking at those, they're all costed some number and then hybrid, hybrid. And they all just are around the keyword themes of those colors. So we have Vigilance for green-white, Flash for blue-black, Flying for blue-white, Trample for green-red, and Menace for black-red. Um, so the creatures have that keyword, and then they grant some bonus to other creatures that have that ability. Any of these stand out to you? Not really. Yeah, I think... The Gruul one might be the best. I mean, the Rakdos one could be good if... But you need tons of Menace to activate it, really. So it's one hybrid-hybrid for, for a 2-2 two -two with Menace, and then it makes Menace... Super Menace. You require three creatures to block instead of two. I don't know. I... That... That could really work because, um, I mean, black-red, you're going to have tons of removal. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, it's yeah. a card you want to get early and then build around. It's not great if you've got, like, two other menace cards in your deck. Yeah, and it gets much worse in a deck. Like, if you're a red-blue deck, you'd, you could include this, but it wouldn't do you nearly as much. Yeah, it's a 2-2 it's a two -two for 3 that gets through most of the time, but 
I so suppose, actually, I suppose if you're going kind of aggro, it puts a bit of a timer on the opposing team. But but there's enough. There's a lot in this that does like two damage. Yeah, yeah. Or minus two, minus two. There's a lot of minus two, minus two in black. There's two damage stuff in white. I think. I don't know. It's yeah. fine. The gruel one, proud wild bonder, is interesting. It's two hybrid hybrid for four three with trample and everything with trample. You may have this creature assign its combat damage as though it weren't blocked, which I never know how to evaluate that ability. It can certainly finish games, but I don't know how well it does if you're not at lethal. A four mana four three with trample, that seems fine. I mean, that seems okay. like a it seems like a card that you're definitely gonna play. And if you're green, you're going to have Trample. I think just because of the prevalence of Trample in green, that that one's yeah. probably the best one. Yeah. I mean, if you attack with three creatures with Trample, it's probably lethal. Mm-hmm. But if they have instant removal, they kill this, and then it's a blowout. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's I think it's good. Um, yeah. But it, it's not crazy exciting. Azorius just looks good. It's a three-mana, two-two th- flyer, yeah, and it protects... Solid. Protects your flyers. I think any deck that can play that wants it. Yeah, if you're going flyers, it works. That's kind of my opinion on all of these. If you're doing that <laughs> archetype or in those colors, it's it's a decent well, common pickup. No, I think I think the blue white one's probably the best one. I think the blue white one you play in any blue or white deck. I think a lot of these. Well, but you got to remember it's the opportunity cost of the other uncommons. And most no. of the no, most Martin. of the anti-flying stuff isn't removal or things that target Martin. flying. It's creatures well, with reach. You can't think of a draft that way. It you take the best card regardless of its type. Right. What I'm saying is more often than when I look at an uncommon, I'm thinking how does it fare against the other uncommons in this color? I don't think this Azorius one is. I think it's middle of the pack compared to the other white and other blue uncommons. Yeah, but at most you're going to see three uncommons at once. I, I think the reason I like this the most of this cycle is it's going to go in any white, any... Well, it's going to go in any blue deck, probably any white deck. And that's all but... A, that's all but... That's seven of the ten decks. I don't know I think what this, you're getting out of it with white. Like, it's fine. Yeah. You're I always... Gonna, most of the time... You're you're almost always going to play a three mana Tucho flyer, yeah. and it, and this is better than that. Barely, like I said, the the the, the anti flying stuff is almost all reach. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think flying's going to be good as always. I just think they're you're probably going to assuming you get the right colors, you're probably going to yeah. see better pick twos and pick threes in those colors. If it swings right. around to four and five, it's yeah. a good pick. Sure, I don't disagree with that. Okay. I, that, I mean, that's my definition of, like, a mediocre uncommon. Like, it's fine if you get it later in the pack. Yeah, but, eh. Well, how would you order these? Without any other, like, as a card, as an individual card, not assuming you're going hard into the archetype? As pick one, pack one. I think the Demir is, uh, I mean, the Demir and the in the Selesnia are the worst. Yeah, agreed. I mean, that's pretty obvious. I think the Gruel one's the best, and the other two I'd tie probably. Yeah, I yeah I would probably I would go as Sorius Gruel in Rakdos, but as I you know as I settle into Rakdos, then Halbonder goes way up. 
as I said, as I said, commit to menace, that's the best one. Yeah. If If I, if I settle into green, red, I don't think it changes the valuation of the red, green card that much. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I, I think that's, that's fair. Yeah. All right, All right enough of those. At, those are those are those aren't even exciting uncommons, anyways. The other ones are much more interesting. Let's look at let's look at Boneyard Lurker. That's a card. Yeah, let, let's look at them by uh, pair. So the 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 black green ones. Yeah, this is great. I mean, worst case, it's a four mana four four, and for the same cost, you can mutate it and and return a card from the graveyard to your hand. Yeah, that's just great value. Just solid, that, straight up value. Yeah. I am so excited for back for more. Maybe it's overcosted, but Well, I mean, if you're alive till then, it probably seals the deal if you're running a green black deck. Yeah. So it's one of those you throw one in, you if you see it, if you manage to snag one, you want one and then uh, it it probably wins a game or two. Re reanimates a, a creature and then it it fights another creature. That's that's going to be fun. I I am excited about that this deck. Yeah, I think if you get both of those cards or you get like if you get some of the good uncommons here that 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 sends the Golgari deck up yeah. quite a bit. And then the third one is the Skull Prophet, black green and it taps for black or green. And then you could tap it to put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard and it's a 3/1. It's it's solid. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. If if you have any desire to ramp, you'll probably play it. Yeah, I mean, again, there are better uncommons, but if you if it falls to you, you'll play it. All right, what do you want to do next? Is it? Is it? I just I just want to spend yes, the whole time is. talking about is it decks. All right, so we've got uh, we've got channeled force, which is the instant. So two blue red, as an additional cost to cast the spell, discard X cards target player draws x cards channeled force deals x damage to up to one target creature or planeswalker i mean seems good seems good to me maybe it maybe i don't know at four cost your 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 hand's probably not that big so you want draw cards which you're going to get in blue so yeah i I feel like you're just not going to want to hold that many things up for this like you're not going to start saving cards three turns ahead so maybe you pitch two lands and a mediocre card to this and then you you do three damage to something yeah i don't, I don't think it's wonderful but it's i'd, I'd include it again it, remember it, red isn't red isn't as fast so maybe the is it deck is is a is almost certainly a, a mid-range deck yeah and so if you're if you're getting card draw you're doing counter spells and stuff this one starts looking better um, and you carve up around three, four, then it, yeah. it starts looking better. Now, Lord Dracus, I think, is going to be oh, it's good. The powerhouse of this deck. Yeah, it's good. It's one blue red for a two three creature. Lizard beast. Lizard beast. It's got some pecs. <laughs> it's got some antlers and uh, and a neck and gills. a snake neck. I don't even That's know a, what's going on with that card. It's, it's, it's the definitely the more snake I look neck. at it. You mutate it for two hybrids whenever it mutates return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand wonderful so you can send all those fire spells back to hand yeah lovely that's good. fantastic what is the third one? Oh, the sprite, sprite dragon. dragon it feels a bit fragile 
But if yeah. you can keep it around, it works. It's a blue-red cost for a 1-1 flyer with haste. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a 1-1 counter on it. I mean, th- this deck wants that. It wants that. Um, I suppose it's a target for lots of removal. It probably gets rid of, you know, it probably falls to dead weight or something. But I guess yeah. they have one less dead weight in hand. So It's just, I mean, it's a must answer for this deck. This is the kind of yeah. card... It makes me really excited for this deck, and it's not going to be good outside of this deck, which means you should be able to pick them up. Correct. Yeah. It's it, honestly, it's even better like mid game when you can drop it and then hold up a counter spell, and then if they oh, try to remove yeah. it, you counter spell it, and then all of a sudden it's a two two. Yeah. Good stuff there. Good I, stuff. I just want to play this as a deck. Is that the theme of this this podcast now? I think so. I mean, I was excited for it before, but um, it's definitely in my top two right now. Yep. Let's talk about Orzov, white-black. Dire Tactics, white-black, exile target creature. If you don't control a human, you lose life equal to the creature's toughness. I mean, you just, you want this. This is a two-mana removal. If you're in this color, you take this card. Most of the time, no downside. It's going to be rare that you can't cast this because you don't well, have a Well, you're human. probably going to hit the downside because red, black wants humans. Yeah. Yeah, they're That's humans fine. and white. It's still and... a two-cost exile. Like, I don't care what the downside is. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm just thinking, like, I guess late 1% game percent of you, games, but... you draw this and you're like, oh, I could have killed the thing, but it would, you know, I'm at yeah. lethal. Excellent. Okay. General Enforcer. Legendary humans you have have indestructible. I mean, that's not really going to come up. Yeah, I don't remember there being many legendaries around. And two white-black exile card from Graveyard. If it was a creature, create a 1-1 white human soldier token. That's just too expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's a 2-cost 2-3, so if you're in the colors, sure. But you're not going to use its abilities, really. It's in the colors. It's a human and... Maybe you make one, 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 one. The other one is much better. Exiling can be fine from a graveyard. Okay. Necropanther. It's a cat nightmare. (laughs) When this creature mutates, return target creature card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Wow. So good. Mutate is two, is, is one more expensive. Two hybrid, hybrid mutate. All, oh yeah. So there's a cycle of, Mutate cards here, and the the, the main cost oh, yeah. is mutate ones are like universally better so far. Yeah, except you don't get the body. Sure, it's that's great. I mean, it's white really black good. is maybe white black is just low to the ground. It seemed like that that's where the cheap creatures were anyway. Question, Matt: uh, Would you consider Amina to be a cat nightmare? No, <laughs> Amina's like a cat. <laughs> I mean, nope. you should. You haven't nope, been around the last couple weeks for obvious reasons. This cat is driving us insane. Mm-hmm. And we're taking her out more, and now all she wants to do is go outside. And so she wanders around the house crying at the top of her lungs at all times of day and night. I think if she was a magic card, she might be a cat nightmare. She's mutated since I've hung out yeah. with her. Psychologically, at least. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I mean, when it comes down to it, all cats are nightmares, so... In in one way or another. Seems like, so far we've had, like, two great ones and one fine card. Mm -hmm. 
All I'm right, curious what you think of Primal Empathy. Primal Empathy. Okay, so green, blue. One green, blue. At the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card. If you control a creature with the greatest power among creatures on the battlefield, draw a card. Otherwise, put a 1-1 counter on creature you control. I, that seems good. I mean, like, there's the rule that, like, standalone enchantments typically aren't great. But that one seems good. Yeah, I mean... Green blue is that mutate? Uh, I'm I'm trying to think like Green early game. Ramp. It's ramp, yeah, yeah. I think you're usually gonna have the biggest power, or you'll soon get there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's worth playing. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's amazing. Like you're probably not picking it super early, but once you know you're gonna be green, yeah. probably. What do you think about Parcel Beast? I think it's good. So it's two green blue for a two four, which is weak. It has an activated ability one and tap. Look at the top card of your library. If it's a land card, you may put it onto the battlefield. If you don't put it onto the battlefield, put it into your hand. Its mutate cost is only green blue. So what you want to do is just mutate it onto something. Yeah. You know, a one drop, hopefully. And then well, you get this you need another- ability. You need the other mana. Maybe you mutate it onto your two drop on turn three. Something like that. And, and I don't then, know if it's know. great, but it's it's flexible, I guess. Yeah, it's a lot of work to draw cards. Yeah, I don't know how good it is, but it's something. But drawing cards is great, so. But the other the other Simic card is much better. Oh, this this is insane. Yeah. Trumpeting Gnar, a one green blue for a 3-3. It mutates for three hybrid hybrid. Whenever it mutates, create a 3-3 green beast creature token. That's amazing. That's That's, fantastic. That's just like completely ignore the the downside of mutate. Yeah. Yeah, because it just makes another one. Yeah. I mean, three three bodies are always relevant. Is that the is that the flavor of this? It's trumpeting as like a mating call. <laughs> Maybe there is like in the art. There's like the one center stage, and there's like a there's one off in the background, looking over like, whoa, what's up? So I don't know. They're they're calling each other we, together for what purposes? I can't say because I don't. It makes more beast, beast tokens. Yeah. I think that's what the trumpeting is. I mean, it could just be trumpeting, you know, as the Rohirrim did, bringing, bringing everyone no, to I think they're, they're mutating and in, in getting it on with their mutationings. And uh, maybe the mutation is like a rapid pregnancy. Are you excited to beat people down while getting it on, Mark? I mean, with the trumpeting Nar, I am. All right. <laughs> Moving on to Boros. <laughs> Red-white. Actually, let, let's start with a Zenith Flare. Two red-white. It does X damage to any target and you gain X life, where X is the number of cards with cycling in your graveyard. So there's your cycling payoff. Is there enough cycling for that to work? I don't know. So it, it's the, the cycling payoff. I don't know if there's enough cycling for it to work. I don't know. I mean, what does X need to be for this to be good? A lot. It costs four. A lot. Yeah. Like six? I don't think this is good. Yeah, now that I say it's the, the the number six, I don't think it's good. Yeah. I mean, it is any target, and it's the only, the one of the rare any target 
fire spells in red in this set. Almost all of them said creatures. So, I don't know. No, I don't think it's good. This is two or three. You're never going to play this on turn four. You want to draw it late. No, it's not good. Okay. Savai Thundermane. Elemental Cat. Red, white. Three, two. When you cycle a card, you may pay two. If you do, it does two damage to target creature and you gain two life. Now, this I'm into. Maybe? Yeah, I... So basically you're getting a three or four costed shock. All your cycle cards become discard, become draw a card and shock for three to four. That's not bad. Okay, we got to go back actually. With a three, two body for two? Yeah, no, I like that. All right, we got to look at this. How many cycling cards do we have here? It's a decent number, yeah. So like uh, incredibly quick count. I get eight in white. Six in red, and um, I wasn't paying attention to rarity. Is cycling actually going to be a thing in red-white? I don't know. I don't know. Because this uh, is the card that activates it, so if you don't have this card, I don't think it's a thing. Like, if you're you're aggro, like, do you even want this? Do you even want an overcost? You always want a 3-2 for 2. Right. No, you're right. Yeah, no, it, you play it. It's just I don't think it makes cycling super strong. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Regal Leosaur. Red, white. Mutates. Other creatures you control get plus two, plus one until end of turn. Mutate. It costs one hybrid, hybrid. You like it, you say? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, whenever it's a repeatable, what is it? I don't know what the plus two, plus one thing is. Rallying cry or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, go wide. Pump your stuff. I mean, that's typical Boros stuff. I don't think, again, I don't think it's amazing. I think the red deck is red-blue. But I, I think these two cards make the Boros deck. with It gives it potential. I mean, really what I'm curious is, are the Mutate decks slow enough that a really good Boros deck just beats them down before they can get going? Yeah, I think there's there's certainly potential there. I think the Boros can work. But I think I think it's a misnomer to say that there's a Mutate deck. The mutate seems to be a card. No, card. yeah, yeah. I don't really there's mean no, that. There's no I'm archetype not... that stacks tons of mutates. There are cards that want to do that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is centralized in the teamer colors, or or not the teamer colors. It is centralized in one shard. I forget what it is. No, I just mean, like, the impact on the format is, because mutate, I think, slows well, it. the impact is that a card like Regal Leosaur does better, because if you're going heavy mutate, you're not going wide. So if you can go wide and just keep pounding it out, yeah, yeah, and then trade and then just and then fireball all the like middle of the road creatures, like mi- yep. mid creatures, then I think it works really nicely. Plus, red is just so good. Like I think anything with red in it's going to be good. Yeah. All right. What do we do? We want to rank the. So I think clearly the enemy color pairs are going to be the main five decks. Absolutely, yeah. You want to rank those? Um, off the top of my head, I'm going to go, is it number one? In terms of... In terms of the whole archetype, or are you talking about these cards? Archetype, is this how excited you are, or how good you think they're going to be? Both. <laughs> I don't have any loyalties to certain certain combos, really. All right, go for it. All right, is it number one? I'm going to say... Golgari 2, Borosimic Orzov. That's very right. quickly guessing. 
Yeah, I think it gets really flat in the last three. I, yeah. I can really see is it being good. That that spells deck. I could see my I could see me being very wrong about Orzov. I could see potentially yeah, it, does yeah. Orzov end up being great. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the re- reanimator in I mean it's primarily in black green, but black white has the, you know, reanimate small things. Yeah, I think Orzov's going to be be fun, but but I think it could fizzle. I think I pretty much just uh, I pretty much agree with you. I, I think the first two are top tier, and then the other three could go. However, there is far more agreement on this podcast than I anticipated. Yeah, it's because I didn't prepare enough. <laughs> last time you were wrong. This time we'll both be wrong. Wait, I was wrong last time. <laughs> I don't know. I think we ended up being right about quite a bit. Yeah, no, I, th- I think we did. I'm not going to go back and count it. We undervalued red. We thought red was super weak, and it ended up not being weak. I think that was our biggest mistake last time. Yeah. I mean, red was middle of the road in Theros, right? Uh, red was pretty good. We were super excited about the Demir colors, and those ended up being not overpowered. It was still solid, but... I completely disagree. You're still wrong about the format. What? Black was insane in Theros. Black was good, but it wasn't as insane as we were hyping it to be. I think it was. I don't know what what you were playing against, Matt, but I lost a lot to red. Yeah. Green. Red green ended up being better, a whole lot better than I thought it would be. Hmm. That's 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 interesting. I had no luck with red green in the format. Like every time I had a red green deck that I thought was going to be great, I was getting one win, stuff like that. Huh. Um, I'll go back and look at my stats. We'll see. I have a great spreadsheet of of my Let's stick on the current. <laughs> no, at this point, I assume you're cutting this off. All right, so I think that's it for commons and uncommons, big picture archetypes. Honestly, I feel like I have less of a handle on how things are going to play out than I did for Theros, uh, which is really exciting. I just think I would that, agree with that. Yeah, I just I think the the mechanics of this set are just super interesting, are going to lead to great in game decisions and a complexity that I just can't really grok going into it you think this is more complex than eldraine yeah definitely so we would say most complex since war yeah war of the spark was very complex yeah i think i mean war of the spark was just insane with all the planeswalkers yeah yeah i think i agree i agree with you it's the theme it's the theme of this podcast akoria monsters bringing people together well, you want to talk about anything else before we kind of wrap it up? Uh, no, I do. I really didn't look through the rares and mythics that much. I saw the one weird cycle that's not really relevant because it's insane mana costs. I'm going to bring up the rares and mythics. I want to highlight at least one. Honestly, um, one of the best rares is just in white. The uh, Luminous Blood Moth. Yeah. Or Brood Moth. It's really good. Yeah, whenever a creature you control without flying dies, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. That's oh, wait, that's a mythic. I thought that was a rare. Okay, yeah, that makes sense because it's that's insanely good. That feels like a mythic. Yeah, that feels like there might be a place in in constructed for that. Yeah, and then I look through and I generally notice all like the three color rares and mythics seem good. Like, yeah, they seem like that you would they're they're enticing enough. To for you to go three color which is what you want yeah 
I just have, we just have to talk about this uh, mythos cycle. First of all, we already talked about Seth McKinnon's art is, is unbelievable. Second of all, I think the design of this is just an incredible achievement. It's just so cool. So they're monocolor cards that have two pips in the cost. So for example, mythos of Aluna, two blue, blue. Uh, and this is a, a copy spell. You create a token that's a copy of a target permanent, uh, which is awesome. That's, I mean, that's a cool thing. But they come with if red green, and so those are the, the two enemies of blue. Uh, if red green was spent to cast the spell, instead create a token of a permanent, and then when it enters the battlefield, it fights target permanent. So I just think the design of this, of the card by itself is doing something very much of that color. But if you use the enemy colors in, to cast it, it does something that is very much not of the first color and very much of the combination of the other colors. It's really neat. Yeah. It's just in all five of them managed to do that, which is I'm just Wait, so impressed. I'm going to have I think the art one I was talking about. I said was red, but it's actually white. Mythos of Snapdax. Snapdax. So that's, that's the one I love. Yeah, the tiger. I mean, they all look amazing. The tiger one is so good, though. Yeah, I think I think Snapdax is my favorite. The red one. The red one might be second best, though. It's very good. Is an awesome like flyer shooting blue flame down into the village. <laughs> I'm excited to play with those when I get them. I think it's probably a reason to splash... Um, the third color. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, a there lot of the, a lot of the mythic mythics in rares are three color. It appears. Yeah. So I like that, that it's, it's a, it's a difficult decision of, do I want to go for this card and get less consistency or do I stick with two colors? That's an interesting decision to be made. So I'm glad they did that. The rare cards I was most excited for when they got spoiled <laughs> was the, the tri colored land cycle. <laughs> which uh, I'll have cycling. So that's exciting. <laughs> it, it feels so boring, but like it's going to have, I assume an impact on, on all the other formats. And Oh yeah, that's where it's going to impact. I don't think it's nearly as interesting. Yeah. Limited. I mean, it's great for limited. This is, this is a fantastic way to, to fix. Yeah. But you're like, but it's always like, man, I wish I had a different rare here instead of a land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think you're going to play this, or you're going to play any of these in almost any deck. Only the most aggressive decks aren't going to play these. Yeah, but you're not going to like it. I'm going to like it. I love that. <laughs> Give me my rare lands. Sure. All right, we ready to wrap this up? I'm pumped. I'm so excited for the new set. All right, so this is the this is the part where I say all the things that you should do. Follow the Thoughtful Gamer on Twitter. Facebook, Patreon, iTunes. Where else, Mark? Where else can the people find you? Instagram, the website, the website that has literally everything. Follow us in the Discord. Well, that's that's if they're a patron. The Discord is a lot of fun. I think there's been more chat in there since we started this uh, social distancing stuff. Yeah, a little bit more. That's nice. Um, get it in the Patreon so that you can chat with us in the Discord. I'm just going to ramble on until you close this down mark i mean that's that's pretty much it it's not how i, I say it but you wow. mentioned all the right words i did a great job good job did Matt. you 
I think I did. And as host, it is my opinion that matters. Sure. Okay. I think that's it. <laughs>